You know, we think about a verse uh, when I look at uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 34. You can just uh, turn there, but save your place in Second Peter. God said here in Romans 8 verse 34, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You know, that verse has become special to me, especially the last year or so. Thankful that uh, what it is, you know, uh, that we have a spokesman, we have an intercessor, we have uh, somebody who's uh, taking what we feel and what we believe or what we said and telling God what we really meant. But uh, the second Peter, the epistle of Peter was written about six years after the first book or about A.D. 66 where Peter dealt considerably with impending suffering in the church. Second Peter deals with the coming end times, the apostate that already was billing, and the return of Christ. He was aware of the apostolic influence and authority, and the uh, United States has so many influences and leaders that not loving the country enough and loving God enough to realize what this country is and my prayer is that it can be again. But here in Second Peter <clears throat> chapter 1, notice verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle, <clears throat> of Jesus Christ. To them that have attained like precious faith with us the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life, godliness, through the knowledge of him that have called us to the glory and virtue. whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. Now notice, that by these, these promises, that he might be partakers of a divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and temperance patience, and to patience godliness. Now, 
notice. He said, And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. The average person that I talk to, most of them will say, Oh, yeah, I believed in Jesus. I brought up in church. But, you know, things got so high, I got to work seven days a week. And, you know, and it's, it's just God understands. Well, I think the reason for my failures or your failures is that we forget what he said, you know, in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. We don't know enough about God. We have a hid knowledge, but it has stayed up there. And, you know, if you don't talk about something, if you don't practice something, then it leaves, you know. It's like anything else, you know. But he said, according as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life, godliness, through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. In other words, if God had not called me, I would not be saved this morning. If he had not elected me, I wouldn't be saved this morning. But it's my responsibility as a child of God to add to my salvation. And he says, Wherefore are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, Think about that last statement. He has given us great and precious promises. You know, if God makes a promise, he's going to keep that promise. But notice here, he said, We're are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these he might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now I have the power, if I depend upon God, but it's God's power, not my power, but if I lean to God, he has the power to keep me from doing the things I used to do when I was lost. He said, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But notice, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Now, underline the word add. See, God saved me at Tuesday morning on the way to work. But what if I had not taken it a step further? What if I had not decided, you know, Imagine an old dead sinner deciding he needed to start the church. Well, it was God that decided for me, and he didn't mind me taking credit for it because he knew that when I realized what I had, it was given to me beside, you know, despite what I was. And God said, beside this, 
all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And the virtue of knowledge. What did God say in his word? Study to show thyself approved servant. Are we too busy to read a little bit of God's Word every day? Are we too busy if we come across a word that we don't know exactly what it means to, you know, to look in a good biblical dictionary and find out what that word means? Because he said, add virtue and knowledge. And to knowledge, patience. And to patience, godliness. Patience will come when you follow this outline that God has given. Because when I'm talking to the Lord, I'm not concerned. You know, get all these texts and stuff, you know. Did you hear? Hear what? It wasn't written to me. It doesn't include me. The time that we spend finding out who said what and why they said it and where they got the information will not change your life a bit. But if we follow what is said here in Second Peter and add to these things, to knowledge, temperance, to temperance, patience, to patience, godliness. And you say, well, that's my problem. I'm not patient. Well, do something about it. Well, I'm just made that way. Are you telling me you're still lost? Come on now. Talk to me. Add patience. You can't change anything. Those things that you can change, you change, you thank God for the ability to do it. The others, you slide. I'm not going to get upset and stop talking to, to people that, that do him because they know they shouldn't do it and have done it for 10, 15, 20 years, got a little taste of Jesus, and now they want to, Salvation, they want to start teaching in church. They want to do this. But that is an emotional high. It's such an emotional high. You've got to grow in grace and in knowledge. The person that you're praying for, they won't take you serious until they see a difference in you. So we see here that uh, the greeting here in First, Second Peter one one, as we read, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's a servant and an apostle. I've read that verse over and over and over and over. You help somebody out of the 
reds up there. That's, uh, you know, some of you don't know what the reds is. It ain't changed. It just got bigger, stupider. You know, you've got to change the heart. You've got to change the heart. Let me tell you something. This old pastor willing to go up there to visit somebody. They got a problem, and they said, oh, you can't go in and see them. You know what that tells me? They don't have the real answer to that drug problem. They don't have the real answer to that alcohol problem. I tell you, the real, the real answer is Jesus Christ. You fall in love with Jesus Christ and realize that Christ created you for a purpose and on purpose, and it wasn't to destroy your body. But to use your body, your mind, your brain, your intelligence to further the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, Simon Peter, a servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, by means of introduction, Peter refers to himself as both a servant and an apostle. I believe to make a good Sunday school teacher, you've got to be a servant first. I believe to hold any office in the church, you need to be a servant of the Lord first. God's just to be a member of his kind of church. Do you realize what honor that should be? Do you realize where you might be this morning if God hadn't dealt with you? Peter refers himself to being both a servant and an apostle. And the word translated as servant borders upon the concept of slave. I'm a servant. My master says, go, I go. My master says, come, I come. That's what a servant is. Well, God gives us the instructions of what a Christian ought to be. God will call you out of darkness. You couldn't hear that when you was lost, but if you're a true child of God, you can hear the Holy Spirit bothering you, teaching you, directing you. If your family going to have any change at all, if they're looking at you, there ought to be a substantial change in your life, and it ought to be for a period of time, like from the time God saved you till he takes you home. God doesn't save you for five years and say, now it's just somebody else, you know. That old stupid rule of, Somebody. See, he said, well, you, you know, I know a lot. I'm a deacon. Well, whoopee-doo. When's the last time you did the office of a deacon? 
When's the last time you seen the widows in this community and you went to see if you could help them? I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm just fed up of, of preachers who, who answered the wrong calling. They should have been a plumber or, or something. When God saved me and called me to preach, he gave me a, a desire to reach people. I don't care if they ever come to church. Well, I, I do care, but you mean God's got to save them first. God's got to deal with them first. But my responsibility and your responsibility is to give them something to at least consider. You know, we need to realize that God, God is the one that saves. Peter tells us that he is a servant of an apostle of Jesus Christ. Servant and an apostle. Now, I can't think a higher calling than to be a true servant of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we are servants, the Lord, it is said that we are friends of Christ. Turn to John. John, the 15th chapter. What did God say in verse 13? Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I commanded you. Who's that talking to? It's talking to saved people. Then he said in verse 15, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doth, but I call you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. This is the instruction book. Said in verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. That's election, people. I've had people argue with me on visitation. I, I believe that verse is true, but I don't believe in election. I believe God died for everybody. As far as me and you are concerned, he did. But if he died for everybody, it wouldn't be nobody in hell. Come on now, reason it. He said, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that Whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. You got to be a servant of God before he's going to answer your prayers. Is that what he said? Notice verse 17. These things I command you that ye love one another. 
I'm not always lovable. But God said, Steve, you love him anyway. Because what? I've got the same problem that Steve has. I've got a body that is still loves sin. I've got a body that only thinks about Tony. We can cover it up with theology. We can cover it up with, with all kinds of gifts, and we can cover it up with a lot of things. But I will be, this body is, will be an enemy of God until he takes me home. Only those that have tamed like precious faith have the capacity for spiritual growth. Something that is dead cannot grow. You understand it? If you're still dead in your sins, you're not going to grow spiritually. I came across a a song by the Isaacs. He understands my tears. He understands my tears. I used to, I was coming down on myself because I said, man, man you're spending too much time. You know, you get up some morning and you look at your wife's picture and the next thing you know you're crying like a baby. Next morning, they don't bother you, know, you, you know. But see, God understands when we are so broken that all we do is cry. You ever cried for your children? I cry every day for my son. man that gave up the ministry. Oh, he's still preaching in some make-believe church. Give up his ministry. Shut up, Tony. Second Peter. He said, In verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. He'll bless us just for knowing the word. Verse 3 said, according to his divine power, have given unto us all things that pertain unto life, godliness, through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. Do you know why you know what you know? you know why you understand what you understand? It's because of the God of grace. The invocation that God's grace and peace as a greeting appears in one form or another in most New Testament epistles. That for a Christian, that the grace of God and his grace is multiplied through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. 
See, the more I love Jesus and the more he consumes me and less of me, it's not about me. It's, Lord, will you be pleased to use this weak and broken servant? Why should God use me? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. The word translated as knowledge has a sense of precise and accurate knowledge. See, I don't want to just know about Jesus. I don't want to know, you know, when I say things are getting worse and some old sinner's sitting there, you know, you smell liquor on his breath. Well, you know, the Lord's coming pretty soon. You don't really believe that. You don't really believe that. If you believe that the Lord may come tonight, you wouldn't get drunk this afternoon. But you know why you may? Because your body is depraved. Your mind is depraved. The only good in you is what God allows in. It is of interest that the things that pertain to life and godliness, the issues of life, come through the knowledge of him. We are, we are mathematical terms in this chapter as Peter used multiplied in verse 2 and add in verse 5. I will tell you this, that anyone who knows Christ as Savior has much added to their life and their knowledge and wisdom is greatly multiplied. When God saved me that Tuesday morning 50-some years ago, I didn't know there was two Johns. I was so stupid, I said, Job, a job. I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I was, you know, I hadn't been to church except the little Presbyterian church. The only time I wanted to go was on election because they gave out free ice cream. That's the only reason I was there. What's the reason you first went? You haven't always been saved. You haven't always understand understand what you understand now. You've not always understood. <laughs> Got to get that English ship right. What's the difference? The mercy of God that has on you. But, uh, you know, as he said in says in first, first John, first John chapter five and verse two, he says, "By this we know that we are loved the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Now, let's use a little reasoning. God said here in 1 John chapter 5, 
in verse 2, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. I love the Lord, but I hate that man. Really? How's that work? Do you have a different Bible now, John? See, I don't have to like you. That's a preference. But if I'm saved, I've got to love you. And if I'm saved, I owe you the plan of salvation. Why do you think God saved you? If he saved you to keep you out of hell, everybody would have died like the thief on the cross. Right? Preach it, Tony. Preach it. That was the only job that thief on the cross had was to acknowledge that he deserved talking to his partner. We deserve, but not him. Is your life a mess? Oh, uh, you, you wouldn't want to live if God gave us what we deserve. But he said here in 1 John 5, 4, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, faith is, if I was to ask Neil, what is your faith? What I'm asking her, what do you believe about the Scriptures? Follow me? All right. So he said, for whosoever born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. If you truly believe something, you know. My daughter, bless her, strawberry loving heart. She brought me a big old book thing of fresh strawberries. And, and you know and I still had some chocolate cake that somebody else made. I said, well, I, you know, the doctor didn't say I couldn't finish up his cake, you know. But strawberries were so much better that I set the cake apart, you know, set it aside. I'll get you later and eat those strawberries. That's what faith does to you. I know I would, this be a good day to mow the yard, this be a good night to do this, but hey, it's the Lord's Day. It's midweek prayer. See, our faith, what we believe, will make us make the right decision. See, God tells us, you know, in, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, this Gospel of John, chapter 10 and verse 10, said, The thief cometh not but to steal and kill and to destroy. I am not come, but I come that they might have life and to have it more abundantly. See, that's what he said in John 10 11. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. See, there are several things that God gives us as related to the all things in verse 3, you know, when he said, but the, for this is love of God that 
keep his commandments and his commandments not grievous. Whosoever born of God overcometh the world. This is victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So see, what do you believe? What is your faith? I'm saying, what is your faith? What I'm, what I'm asking a person is, what do you believe? Right? Well, God said, there are several things God gives us to relate to all things in verse 3. And then Galatians 2.10, you know, and we are complete in him, which is the head, all principalities and powers. He is. He's in charge. And God is not trying to keep us from having fun or enjoying life. It's, uh, I always tell young men, it's, you know, I said, you know, uh, you can't look at that woman that is half-dressed very long because you belong to somebody else. Well, it don't hurt to look. Oh, yes, it does, because if you look long enough, that won't satisfy. Right? Oh, you're right, Tony. That's good preaching. So when you see that, you automatically turn away. Well, preacher, I don't know about you, but I'm an old man. Yeah, it appears that you're all lost man. And when you go to hell, you'll be tempted by that person that the devil put in front of you. You think that when you go to hell, you ain't going to have the rotten desires that a lost man still has now? Yes, you will. Second Peter 1.4 said, Whereby are given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Oh, I like this verse. Second Peter 1.4 Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these, by what? These precious promises, ye might be partakers of a divine nature, being having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So what causes that man to have the ability to see and immediately turn away? God's grace. God's grace. But the average so-called Christian will say, well, I may be saved, but I'm still a man. Yeah, you are. And that man that you are is against everything that God says. The only good in that man is what God has placed there. He blessed you through hearing the word of God. Now, the reason that the churches, you know, all you got to do is to get on Facebook and, and see the sermon, the services, live services, and 
they have sometimes people up there singing that don't have enough clothes to cover a chicken. And they're singing glory to the Lord? Really? You really believe that God accepts that? Well, I don't know where you got it, but you didn't get it here. So it is used by Peter several times when he speaks of our precious faith. You know, what is our precious faith? It's your, it's your faith. Notice in First Peter. First Peter, as we prepare to close here, we'll pick the rest of it up tonight. When we look at First Peter, chapter 1, 1 Peter, chapter 1, and verse 7, he said uh, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perish, though I be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Second Peter. Chapter 1 and verse 1. Simon Peter, a great servant, apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God that our Savior and our Savior is Jesus Christ. Christ's precious blood, according to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19, when he said, we have also a more sure way of prophecy whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn, the day star arise in your hearts. Now, used by Peter that precious precious faith song later come